Good morning. How is everyone today? Great. Um, let's see here. So I had a little bit of a revelation just this morning as church was happening. So my sermon's probably going to be a little different than what I wrote. So that's good, I guess, maybe. Or I'll just seize and just read word for word. But we'll, we'll see. We'll like ride the train together. It'll be fun. Uh, so Tina and I agree that the goat dad, mom, turn your phones off. Uh, this is, how are you getting any signal here anyway? Anyway, whatever. All right. Tina and I agree. That was great. Um, the ghost of Christmas present is when we really begin to see the beginnings of a changed Scrooge. From the very boisterous ghost of Christmas present and the very warm introduction of this spirit, the formula is truly set up to grab Scrooge's attention. Seeing Scrooge go through the Christmas present world, attempt... Mother? Technology. They, you can't grab the phones from them. They're just, they're addicted to their phones, you know? <laughs> Seeing Scrooge go through the uh, Christmas present world, attending the parties that he said no to, and uh, having such a jolly fellow with him to guide him through, it seems that this is the first time in Scrooge's life where Scrooge really started to see what was so special about this wretched holiday. However, this time was not all spent in joyful spirits. Among visiting Cratchits, we see Mrs. Cratchit's scathing review of her husband's employer. Upon visiting Fred's, we see that, um, that, that, that his nephew is keenly aware of his not-so-sunny disposition. It's Christmas present where Scrooge really begins to become aware of his true nature having his quotes turned around and spoken back to him. It's amazing what can happen when we have our own words used back at us, isn't it? Hearing them from a distance, in a new state of mind. In Deuteronomy reading today, we see a passage written almost exclusively to that Scrooge within us. Give to the poor no matter what. I remember a lesson we had during youth group, which was a gazillion years ago, in which we tried to think of ways that we could bring more peace to the earth and give more generously, and what that all means. Back in high school, it was hard to really fathom a peaceful world, and really, it's, it's, it's really hard to fathom a peaceful world now as well. However, we try, but my answer was was something that really isn't that uncommon right now. Uh, how can we help others if we don't even know what peace looks like here? My idea was that we had to fix what was wrong at home first, and then we can fix other problems. I mean, on airlines, you see the, uh, the, the whole introduction is that if, if the plane is going down, you have to put the mask over your face first before you can help your child, right? Right. 
And uh, Brian Langdock, the, um, my, the man who's known to just blow minds with a simple sentence, said, well, why not do both? Why not help us and help those in even more dire situation? What's the harm in helping? Everyone is worthy of help and love. Well, that blew my mind. With America's unending resources, almost unending resources, why not, why not try and help all? All are worthy. Being an adult uh, for about eight years, one thing that I learned is that balancing life is really, 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 really tricky. I mean, you have to balance your nutrition and your exercising and you have a full-time job and also you have bills to pay and a social life while also praying every day and growing relationship with those around you and God and not to mention getting all these Christmas gifts before Christmas and Christmas is only like a couple days away. Okay, it's fine. I'm totally not behind on Christmas shopping. That's, it's, everything's fine. But uh, whatever. I also have to keep a clean house and a neat garden. Otherwise, Shirley is going to burn her house down. <laughs> so much, I mean, we can't keep it all on track, right? Like, like, I just have a really hard time fathoming having a fully balanced life right now. Yet, it's what we have to do. Some are better at that whole equal balance thing than others, but we all fall short in at least one or 17 categories. But we all try our best, don't we? We attempt to balance life as much as possible. In school, there was a professor in our freshman year uh, whose favorite game was called Balancing the Space. Looking at the game, if you were just looking at it, uh, you'd probably get the whole premise of the idea, but you'd also be asking, why are you spending $50,000 at an acting school to just play tag? Um, but it wasn't tag. Um, but the idea of, this, of the game was that the room had no walls, it was just a flat surface, and it was balanced on one single point. And it was your job to balance the space and continue to move throughout the space so that it didn't teeter either way so that we all fall into the great abyss. And then he added another layer to that game just before we were really mastering the whole balance, the, balancing the space. And that was isolating different parts of our bodies and throwing ourselves off of equilibrium on purpose. Whoa, that was a lot of words. Um, so really, the concept was balancing the space, finding the equilibrium in the space, and also balancing and finding the equilibrium within yourself. And his favorite motto, even as we were graduating, was that every exercise is every exercise. So pretty much everything he taught us can be tied back to life somehow. The game being balancing the space and the game of balancing life. We see in Scrooge the repercussions of not heeding Deuteronomy and instead hoarding money instead of giving what he has to those in dire need. In the original story of A Christmas Carol, we hear the ghost of Christmas present, quoting, or even just a couple minutes ago, quoting Scrooge 
when he asks if Tiny Tim is going to die, and he says, if he's going to die, then he better do it and decrease the surplus population. Or as the spirit is leaving, his booming voice reminding Scrooge of Scrooge's less desirable quote, are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? We see a Scrooge who is then haunted, not by a spirit, but by his own present self. Someone who merely hours ago said things that to such a, such a changed Scrooge, he wonders how anyone could be so incredibly heartless. Deuteronomy is imploring us not to wait to be generous, not to wait to give to those in need, for they are in need now, and we need to do what is right now. We need to love all now. I fall short of this almost constantly. I say something I regret instantly gazillion times a day. Or do something and then pound myself in the head multiple times afterward, begging my past self to be better, but it's impossible because we don't have time travel yet, so I can't really like, be better of my past self. I just have to do what's right now. We're coming up on the time, in fact, of the year where the whole world seems to just have a reset button, a little do-over. The season of New Year's resolutions is coming upon us. But as tempting as it is to continue my behavior and my bad eating habits and my lack of giving and my lack of balance and my lack of exercise for just another couple of weeks, why wait until New Year's to start reforming? There's a really trendy saying, well, actually, it's no longer trendy. It's really, really out of style, but I still use it. Uh, and it's, it's YOLO. You only live once. The phrase was uh, for us millennials to justify doing anything reckless that we wanted to do instead of and finding a way for it to be just like, okay. However, it kind of rings true for this Sunday. You have but one life. I personally need to work on filling it with things that fill me, like giving generously even if I'm drowning in student loan debt, or like thinking before I speak. What? What's that? Or finding that balance in life. I discovered just this week, actually, that I live a pretty destructive life, not in drugs or alcohol or anything like that, but for just simply not caring. At first, well, until this week, I justified it as me being super flexible and like up for anything. But doing a lot of soul searching while praying on this week's sermon, it was me leading a destructive life through the motto, I don't care. I, like Scrooge, heard my past self booming in my head saying, I don't care don't care about my appearance, I don't care about politics, about giving, or about any of it. So for me at least, it's time I see the present Mary and know that it is not too late to hear her and do something to change me for the better. To give more generously, pray more thoroughly, live more actively, present myself in a loving spirit all the time and not just in church. Afraid of my future self judging my past self and afraid of people judging me has stopped me from doing a lot of things. 
But the more I think about it, the more I realize that noticing the difference between the present and the past is merely a sign of growth. Yeah, I've done a lot of stupid stuff in the past, but I've grown a lot. That's how I know it was stupid. Scrooge grew immensely during his time with Christmas present, laughing with the spirit, enjoying the warm glow of Christmas parties, and hearing his words used back at him. We can see now a new Scrooge forming before our eyes, just in time for Christmas future. May we continue to grow generously, curiously, and love for one another this Advent season and forevermore. Praise be to God. <laughs>